0: Hello, it's Monday, the 15th of January. I'm Miranda Sawyer and I've made my daughter take a DNA test to prove a footballer's not her dad. Welcome back to Papercuts, the modern newspaper review, where we make some great big papier-mâché specs out of the UK press and then use them to scrutinise the current state of our beloved nation. And sometimes we wear them just because they look funny. We're out every weekday, Monday to Friday, to jolly up your January. So why not subscribe? And you can listen to us while you write lists in a new organiser notebook that costs 20 quid and is absolutely definitely going to change your life. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Total Wipeout. New Opinion Poll says that the Tories would be obliterated in a general election. Elon's Magic Touch. Does it matter if the owner of X takes X? And... No animals were harmed in the making of this video. Liberal American couple enjoy making vegan porn. Welcome to Papercuts. We read the papers, so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Papercuts, where no matter how famous you are, we never let you have copy approval. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and with me today is writer and excellent exer. Rebecca Reed. Hello, Rebecca. Hi, thanks for having me. It's your debut show. It is. It's exciting. It's exciting, it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because we're scary. <laughs> and also with us is comedian and tip-top TikToker, it's Fergus Craig. Hi, Ferg. Hi, guys. So what have we got on the front pages today? Rebecca, we're going to start with you and all the jolly broadsheets. Yeah. So
1: it's a really cheerful crop this morning. Um, mm-hmm. Front page of the eye. Revealed UK grants asylum to Rwandans despite claims country are safe. It's right. like a swap, isn't it? Yeah, sort of, but also it it, it sort of speaks to the general problem, which is they're both saying that going to Rwanda is a deterrent and also it's lovely and really safe. And I'm not (laughs) fully sure how it's both. No. Um, So the front page of the Times, similar theme, also Rwanda. Top Tories urge Sunak to toughen up Rwanda, Bill. The suggestion is that the last thing that he could possibly do, Sunak, to try and claw back some approval from within the party if not within the country would be to get the Rwanda plant off the ground which may or may not mean leaving the ECHR Um, and then the front page of The Guardian is non-Rwanda so that's a nice nice difference Uh, the NHS drug shortage poses threat to patients' lives say pharmacists so it's not about Rwanda but it is very depressing great Um, and basically there are lots of different illnesses and conditions like schizophrenia diabetes cancer where you would probably be fine if you could get your medicine but unfortunately According to pharmacists, where once you could have gone to a chemist and get the medicine that you need, you now can't. Uh, which is, you know, not not exactly ideal. Not really. And then the last one that I've got here is the Daily Telegraph, which is Tories facing 1997-style wipeout. The picture of Sunak looking so sad that I almost feel bad for him. But well, not really. I also think the picture has just been quite mean because it's a really aggressive close-up and you can see where he's got a couple of little ingrown hairs. <laughs> and I just think, mean. Yeah. That, there's no way somebody couldn't have done a little airbrush on that.
2: That's very true. OK, Ferg, what have you got? I've got The Sun, which Mm. is the People's Paper. The headline is Queen's fury at naming baby Lilibet. Harry and Meghan, of course, named one of their children Lilibet. That was the Queen's childhood nickname. And apparently a new book is uh, telling us that the Queen did not approve of that. Harry and Meghan wanted to suggest that she did approve of that. She was very angry. And the photo editor at The Sun has used the search function disapproving Queen. (laughs) (laughs) So they've got a picture of her looking annoyed. Uh, The Daily Mail has the same story, Queen's fury over naming of baby Lilibet.
0: It's such a rubbish name, the more you say it, the more I think, why would you name your kid that anyway? Well, she was called that because she couldn't
1: pronounce Elizabeth, that's the story, so it was literally a mispronunciation.
2: Yeah, I think it's a fine, standard, posh girl name.
1: Yeah, maybe. But you're supposed to have a proper name, like Florence, and then everyone calls you Woo Woo or something. That's how posh names work. You can't go straight to Woo Woo.
2: Yeah, that's true. Okay, fair enough. I'll yield to your expertise. On behalf of the post and
1: Council, I'm bringing (laughs) you... This is my culture. This is all I can offer.
2: (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, The Daily Mirror, which is the heart of Britain, Mm. has something on the post office scandal. We can't let them off the hook. Uh, There's a picture of Alan Bates there. Campaigners say those behind miscarriage of justice must be punished. Uh, I would say anyone who's been following Britain for the last... 50 years or so don't hold your breath Mm. Uh, we will see on that note the financial times has a story about fujitsu on its cover yeah and there's an amazing little piece of info here which is that the government 10 years ago wanted to stop using fujitsu because they weren't happy with the standard of their performance But the push was ultimately unsuccessful after government lawyers advised it would not be legally possible to discriminate against companies based on their past performance.
0: It's unbelievable. Oh it's so God. unbelievable. The more you get into this story, I think, the more tiny little details come out that you think this is just all nuts. So essentially the government wanted to say to Fujitsu, so you're not very good. We're not going to give you any more contracts because you know what? You've not been that good so far. And the lawyer said, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't judge them on past performance. How mad is that? You that can't do that. going
1: about employment in the future. I'm afraid I cannot be held to account for anything i
0: previously done. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
2: It just feels like as a country, we're just deliberately playing life on a hard setting <laughs> <laughs> it's, like,
0: oh, it's so whatever. much so uh,
2: and then finally uh, the Daily Star uh, the big headline is so long farewell Auf Wiedersehen goodbye uh, apparently holiday firms are set for a huge increase in bookings as we try to escape Blue Monday because today of course is uh, officially the most miserable day of the year
0: woohoo Now, on the front page of The Telegraph is indeed a big picture of Rishi Sunak, the tetchy dolly, not looking tetchy this time, but a bit unsure. Perhaps he's just read the headline above him, Tories facing 1997 style wipeout. Rebecca, what kind of wipeout is The Telegraph talking about? I think
1: we're, we're talking total wipeout. It's not
0: <laughs> not, not total,
1: they're not going to get zero, but it's not that much better than zero. Mm. They had a big poll done, it was 14,000 people. So it's an unusually big sample size. It is actually really quite indicative. Done by YouGov and predictions look really, really... Grimm. And this so, is for the general election, This right? is for the general election, mm. which we don't know when it's going to be. There's been rumblings that it might be a little bit earlier than expected, it might be in May, but I think the, the smart money seems to be it'll be November, December, end of the year. And so this poll was If the election happened today, what would things look like? And the numbers are not great. They're kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they're funny if you like (laughs) Labour. So I'm having a great morning. Um, Tories, 169 seats. Labour, 385. So that is... an 11.5 swing to Labour and every single Red Wall seat won by Boris Johnson would go back to Labour. Mm. Tories would lose 70% of the seats in Yorkshire and more than half in Midlands. Uh, and then also some uh, some people who would lose their seats. Again, this is obviously just polling. We don't. I don't have a crystal ball. But it would include Jeremy Hunt, Penny Mordaunt, despite great sword work, Grant Shapps, Ian Duncan Smith, Johnny Mercer. I'm particularly excited about that one. And question mark about Jacob Rees-Mogg could go down to the wire so you know if we all cross our fingers really really (laughs) tight we might get the Christmas present that we all deserve
0: yeah that's like that's like a bunch of Michael Portillo moments isn't it everybody going look at Fergus's face (laughs) 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 your little face is lit up (laughs) Fergus Know. You look really, like, excited.
2: I just think there's going to be at least one good night's TV viewing this yeah. year. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, And also it was one of those few times where being on Twitter, formerly known as X, is fun. Like, everyone's in it together, yeah. constantly tweeting. It's a bit like that Prince Andrew interview with Emily Maitlis. It's like yeah. great water cooler TV that we all enjoy
0: together on the internet. There's a bit in there that I thought was quite interesting, which is they were saying essentially that the Reform Party is going to have massive influence it won't necessarily win any seats so
1: the, the conversations that I'm always party to around the Reform Party is that everybody wants them to just stop because the worst thing they can do is steal away what scant votes might have been available so the concern for the Tory party about the Reform Party is that they might end up mopping up voters who would otherwise have been Tory and while there's no suggestion at the moment that they're going to end up actually having any MPs it might contribute to a further embarrassing defeat for the Tory party
0: in the poll, it says they probably won't win any seats, but they'll be the decisive factors. Mm. In quite a lot of seats, they said 96 Tory seats, which is loads. Yeah, but then the Reform Party
1: have the advantage that they don't, they've, they've never done anything. They don't have a track record. They haven't screwed anything up. Yeah. And they can just say what the people want to hear, which is, we would stop the boats. And yeah. you can't prove they wouldn't stop the boats because they've never done anything. Yeah. So, and I think there are a lot of really disaffected people who feel like they trusted the Tories, they didn't get what they wanted from it, particularly on things like immigration. And therefore, they want to make a protest vote. It's like... When When I used to vote for the Women's Equality Party, I knew I wasn't going to get anything out of it. But it was nice to
0: have someone to put a tick next to that I believed in. Yes, exactly this. Um, There's a really brilliant part underneath the actual... So there's this really grim picture of uh, Rishi and then a detail of what's going to happen. And then underneath it, there's a column by Lord Frost... Um, We may remember Lord Frost. I've got his old jobs. Shall shall I read them out? They're so funny. Ex-chief negotiator for exiting the European Union, ex-chief negotiator for Task Force Europe, and ex-UK national security advisor. He basically shanks Rishi on the front cover of the Telegraph, doesn't he? Yeah, so Prime Minister must
1: end focus on net zero and tackle the real issues if he wants to win back support. So it goes back to this problem that there are kind of two types of conservative. You've got the small C and the big C. And uh, Rishi is a very kind of North London liberal conservative, Mm. a la Boris Johnson, uh, who does believe in things like climate change. The rumours that I've heard are that he wants to be able to kind of show his face on the dinner party circuit after he finishes being Prime Minister. (laughs) And therefore, he doesn't want to go balls to the wall on immigration and and go full kind of like kemi Badenok, etc and I think he is actually more socially progressive and liberal than perhaps people would think uh, again that's the kind of whispers that I keep hearing and therefore he doesn't want to be the big bag prime minister and if he was going to win he would need to kind of Go, Nigel Farage, Donald Trump, etc. Mm. Start saying, and and, and so Braverman, he needs to kind of, he would need to bring that spirit of saying really unkind, uncharitable things, and I, I think fundamentally he's not quite evil enough to be able to make that stick. Yeah. But
2: why would that be the? Why would that help him win? Because he would pick up all the Reform Party voters. And all the Red Wall voters. Yeah, least I think
1: I think what Boris did with the Red Wall was a lot, it was a lot about rhetoric, right? He was mm. really good at, at sort of going and charming the pants off people, basically. And I'm not sure that Rishi's able to do that. A, I'm not sure that he understands normal people. And also, I think there is a PR problem that, that you know, he is perceived in a lot of places, particularly outside of London, as being an out-of-touch mm. billionaire. And therefore, why on earth would we want to give him our support?
0: Church, fair enough. I just wanted to say we should look a little bit at who commissioned the poll, though. It was the Conservative Britain Alliance, which is a group of Tory donors, and it was carried out by YouGov, and then there's a quote, working with Lord Frost. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So basically it's like he's commissioned it and mm. then he's got a massive piece on the front of the Telegraph saying, well, I told you this is how it should be. Now, in the Sunday Times yesterday, there was an odd piece about everyone's favourite leader of the sixth form weirdos and the world's wealthiest person, Elon Musk. Ferg, what was this piece saying?
2: It's about drugs, man.
0: Hey, it's about drugs, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Apparently he's been doing lots of drugs. Yeah. And we're allowed to say that, apparently.
0: Well, we're allowed to say it because it was in a Wall Street Journal article, although he has denied it. So we're just going to say that first. <laughs>
2: he's allegedly been doing lots of drugs. Yeah. The, the Wall Street Journal piece said that he, he's used, and, and, not, and not just little drugs, big drugs, <laughs> he's used uh, LSD, cocaine, ecstasy and psychedelic mushrooms at parties where attendees sign non-disclosure agreements and presumably don't stick to them.
0: Well, yes, exactly. They've gone to the Wall Street Journal. Yeah.
2: Of course, he has previously uh, smoked marijuana on Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah,
0: there's a great picture of him doing that, isn't there? Every time you see that picture, he really looks like a 14-year-old going, Look at me smoking. Look, look, look. He's kind of got that expression and there's a big cloud of smoke around him. It. He's like a cartoon.
2: Apparently, he took multiple tabs of acid at a party in L.A. mm magic mushrooms at an event in Mexico he's done i mean this is not minor drug taking no,
0: it's absolutely loads he's also apparently got a medical prescription for ketamine so he's kind of on ketamine generally Good, great. Just what you want for the person who's in charge of everything. Exactly, exactly. There's a really great account of a SpaceX event, isn't there, in 2017. This one is absolutely great. So he's been taking lots of different things. He's been microdosing ketamine. He's been taking magic mushrooms, acid, marijuana, whatever. But anyway, I mean, you perhaps wouldn't notice if it was just at parties, but there was an event in 2017, wasn't there?
2: (laughs) Yes, in late 2017, hundreds of SpaceX employees gathered for a meeting about the company's latest rocket. He was an hour late, diva, (laughs) uh, and when he got on stage was strangely incomprehensible at times. He slurred his words and rambled for about 15 minutes and referred repeatedly to SpaceX's big Falcon rocket prototype, which was known as BFR as Big Fucking Rocket.
0: (laughs) I love that detail. It's in Aww. front of loads, everyone who you are actually, you know, these are your employees who are making the rocket.
2: <laughs> he's so embarrassing. It isn't so he? really embarrassing. He's I mean, so
1: embarrassing. He's got em- the biggest divorce dad energy
2: imaginable. Yeah, yes. Divorce so dad of- slash, like, one of my aunties when they first got on, on, on Facebook. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> just always wanting to share memes. Mm. D- he'd, he'd, he desperately, desperately wants to be funny.
1: You're right. He he wants to own the world, but he also I guarantee you, sometimes at night he's scrolling acts being like, I own this website and they're still using it to laugh at me. How can they? Yeah. And I just and I think he would I think the only power we have over these people is to laugh at them. And yeah, I'm so very glad that so. we all
0: do. Now, we love a great headline here at Papercuts and we know you do too because you are fabulous and clever and because so many of you enter our Fix the Headline competition every week. Fix the Headline is where we find a great story with an ungreat headline and we ask you, the Papercuts listeners, to think up a better one. On Friday, we found a story in the Daily Star that told us that one in three of us believe that mermaids are real and around half of us believe in Bigfoot. The headline, Monster Bunch. Which is tragic. We knew you could do better, and you know what? You did. On X, Radio Lento had a go with Luck, yes. John Parkinson gave us Fishy Tail, and Richard Smith tried Hit and Myth, and good golly, Myth Folly. On Threads, Dot Dust offered Fish Illusioned, which I quite like, and Cakes of Doom had a crack with Collective Fisteria. But the winner is Helen the V with some myth take, surely. Very good. Well done, Helen. Just send us your address and T-shirt size and an excellent Papercuts T-shirt will be yours for you to wear in a cool and groovy manner while just getting on with your life. Now, what about today? Are there any good headlines out there? Ferg, what have you got?
2: I've got the Daily Star. This is quite a funny story, actually, Mm. about some two-foot figures which were found dressed in colourful clothes at the airport in Lima, Peru Mm. and for some reason people thought that they were extraterrestrials but uh, the conclusion is simple, they are dolls assembled with bones of animals and glues. (laughs) (laughs) They are are not extraterrestrials. The headline is E.T. Phony Home.
0: Phony Phony Home. Because they are phony. phony.
2: And also in the Daily Star. Uh, boffins are (laughs) designing a giant balloon for air travel that could rival fuel-guzzling planes. Okay,
0: a big Uh, balloon, lovely.
2: The headline is Balloonatics.
0: As instead of lunatics. I understand what they've done, though. Mm. Uh,
2: There is a quote from the physicist Miles Bow saying, we have not managed to make something float yet, but we have (laughs) tested (laughs) vessels that are 34 times the density of air.
0: So really good balloons. Yeah, really good. Yeah, the buffins are, are doing
1: billions. great. <laughs> well, you know, we are actually running out of helium. This is—it's a, a finite natural resource.
2: Future generations will never know the joy of making your voice high. <laughs> right,
1: exactly. exactly. <laughs> because we wasted a finite natural resource on being able to sound a bit funny. <laughs> Okay, what do you got, Rebecca? The sun's gone for a bit of raunchy comedy this morning. Uh, not picked for Casa and more, don't worry. We'll all be getting eight inches. Whey. Whey. Snow chaos is going to hit the UK. Mm. So apparently, we are facing up to eight inches of snow this week because it's going to be a bit cold, but particularly in Newcastle, Leeds, and Manchester, less so down south. Uh, some rural areas can expect lows of minus 10. Which apparently I would have said was too cold to snow, but apparently that's not a real thing. It can't actually be too cold to snow.
0: Oh, right. There you go. We've got also
1: the daily stuff. So uh, councils in a £7,000 toilet seat row, uh, a £7,000 bill for heated bog seats... Do I hear the word bog much anymore? At a town hall causing a stink. Waltham Forest Council has been accused of flushing taxpayers' cash down the loo.
0: Lots of jokes, come on. So many,
1: so many. Somebody should be very proud of themselves there. Uh, After coughing up £7,632 on 12 bum warmers, which also act as b-days. For, for, for where? For the council? So Tory London Assembly member Emma Best said on X, maybe I missed something, I'm not sure, heated seats for councillors. So yes, for councillors to do their business was the top end of residents' wish list. So for for their town hall where they work, they had new loos installed and they decided to go and spend just over seven and a half grand. So the headline that wow. the star has gone with is Lou Must Be Joking.
0: Quite right. Absolutely. Good news, your favourite
2: history nerds are
0: back. Yes, we at We Are History have been trawling the history shelves of our local bookshops. Well... I have, John. You mostly went round finding your
1: books and moving them to the front of the displays. If I can find them, it's a bonus. We are ready to tell
2: you all about what we've learned from the revolting French to some revolting women.
0: Via some Brits abroad and a foul-mouthed Irishman.
2: So, download We Are History.
0: Our laughable attempt at a silly history podcast.
2: With me, John O'Farrell.
1: And me, Angela Barnes.
0: Wherever you get your podcasts. Now, come with us while we gamble through the fluffy and fragrant features section of the papers. It's so flyaway here. And over the weekend, we found an article in both the Daily Mail and the Times about an enthusiastic American couple who have been indulging in a profitable side hustle, which has unfortunately affected at least one of their regular jobs. So, Rebecca, what's been going on? So,
1: what happened is there's a couple, and they're known as Sexy Happy Couple, mm-hmm. um, and the male partner of a couple is called Joe Gao or Joe Go. We're not sure, but we think that Joe Go is quite a good porn name. <laughs> and that's prescient because what they were doing was uh, making vegan cooking content, which culminated in having sex with a porn star. So, this is, he's 63. He's yeah. a university chancellor at the University of Wisconsin. And what they were doing is they were filming a video of themselves cooking delicious vegan fare with a special guest each week who was a porn star. Mm. And that was a freely available video. And then if you joined their OnlyFans, or indeed if you made your way over to some select adult websites, you could then watch them all have sex afterwards. So Which
0: is admirable. They
1: bonk. And mm. it's actually quite lovely. When you think about the way that most porn is, and it's pretty, you know, unfriendly there's not a lot of hanging out not a lot of preamble you get in you get out <laughs> nobody gets dinner nobody gets dinner and i'm not sure that those people necessarily even want to have dinner with each other sometimes mm. and that and this is actually a much more sort of healthy wholesome kind of porn which is probably more reflective of how people enjoy Unconventional sex lives all over the world. Yeah. So, and everybody in it is obviously an adult consenting. These are also older people in their 60s. Again, you don't see a lot of that. And if you do, it's usually quite fetishistic. This is a genuine couple who've been together for many years who are very happy, enjoying some nice sex. So, of course, we had it had to turn into a problem. And uh, the but university. It, it
0: slightly turned into a problem because he decided to make it.
1: Public, no? Well, to be fair, it's quite hard to make content online and it not be public.
0: Yeah, I think Um, it was because they decided
1: to put it online. Yeah, (laughs) and... and in fairness, if they'd been doing it behind closed doors, perhaps it wouldn't have been. Yeah. But either way, I think what they were trying to do was give people a better understanding of sex, particularly sex for older people with unconventional relationship structures. Mm. Anyway, the university who fa- the university found out, and they were really cross about it. They really didn't pull their punches. They put out a statement yeah. saying that he had acted in a way that was completely inconsistent with his position, and therefore he had been his job was terminated.
0: Yeah, So Sacked, Sacked yeah, last Sacked. Wednesday.
1: Yeah. So two people trying to have nice sex and make plant-based food. It was Mm. all very kind of organic, free-range behaviour. means that he can't work there anymore. There was one previous issue with him where he had a discretionary fund for speakers and he (laughs) hired a porn star to come... And give a talk for five thousand dollars, but actually, again, she was a veteran of the industry who had an interesting perspective. And in her talk, she discussed whether it, you know, whether you might feel repulsed by porn, whether you might love porn. She gave a very kind of three sixty analysis of the porn industry. That's useful. That's interesting. I know, but they're not happy, are they? They're really. really I think the University of
0: Wisconsin need to, but maybe they all need to have some vegan food in an ice bonk. Mm. Yeah, there's. I mean, the problem with it, really, in this in this situation, is that he had a side hustle. Well, mm. he and his wife had a side hustle. It was okay, but now obviously, it is public, mm. and this has kind of, I mean, slightly spoiled their lives actually. Yeah, <laughs> because they live in a very small place with only fifty-two thousand people, and so now it says they felt they like they can only go out to the supermarket late at night because they're worried about a backlash from locals. That's the stuff yeah. that makes me sad actually more than losing your job because i hope that they would then make more make more money on yeah. with their vegan porn it's great publicity but the fact that they now feel that like you know that that people don't like them it's quite sad yeah mm. i think it's a real shame because they seem like nice people they do he has got there's a couple of quotes from the times piece Um, which are quite philosophical, I think. One is, before this I was someone you admired and now I'm someone who is reviled. It's just really unusual. And then the other one is, most college students are looking at pornography, so shouldn't we be talking about it? This is a very interesting, legitimate, important area of future study.
2: Most college students are looking at pornography, so why not watch mine? (laughs)
0: And that's the end of today's Papercuts. Thanks to Rebecca. Thank you for having me. And thanks to Fergus. Thank you. And if you're feeling flash or Harry, then why not join the Papercuts Supporters Club? Just £3 a month gets you ad free episodes and extended editions, plus the chance to up both your fashion and your tea game by getting your flash Harry hands on an exquisite Papercuts t shirt and/or mug. You know it makes sense. I've been Miranda Sawyer, and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when The Star reveals that one in ten of us don't enjoy the smell of donuts. We don't believe it. See you tomorrow.
2: Paper Cuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Rebecca Reed and Fergus Craig. The producers were Jacob Jarvis and Liam Tate, with assistant production by Adam Wright. Music and audio production was by me, Simon Williams, and socials were by Jess Harpin and Mike Bolin. The group editor was Andrew Harrison, managing editor was Jacob Jarvis, and the executive producer was Martin Boitosh. Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production.